0: So let's talk about the resurrection, huh? Um, we've been in this series talking about grace and mercy, and today I want to speak about love. I want to speak about love. Um, what we what we um, have talked about thus far is that the resurrection sealed our mercy forever. And that the resurrection sealed grace for us forever. This is a promise from God, right? And so, (laughs) if you haven't ever thought about that, that's pretty incredible. Think about it. You are guaranteed grace as a child of God. You are guaranteed mercy as a child of God. Now, um, does anybody remember the definitions that we talked about? What, What is mercy? Anybody? Anybody? The definition of mercy, just plain old mercy. Nobody? Anybody? Corey? Uh, holding back deserved punishment. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic, man. Corey remembered that from two weeks ago, right? That's when we talked about mercy. What about grace? Anybody got grace? Anybody? By the way, we're, we're kind of a crowd participation church. Uh, sorry for those of you that are new to us, kind of throwing it on to you. Don't don't feel uncomfortable. You don't have to speak if you don't want to. Anybody? Grace. The definition of grace. Katie. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with the act of giving or receiving something to someone or yourself who doesn't deserve. It. That's very that's very good. That was really good. Yeah, it's incredible. Thank you, Katie. We can all go home now. I mean, this is this is. A, Alright, so here's what I want to do today, I want to talk about love, and I want to talk about love in correlation with the resurrection, and I want to ask you a question, and I want, and, and I want you to, to think about it for, for a few seconds. So the question is, what one word, just one word, describes the action of love as it is displayed to you? One word, now, I want you to think about it, keep it G-rated, right? Right? One word. Let's take 30 seconds. Go. Hit that next slide there, Matt. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry, I didn't say that, did I? Corey, you Nobody heard Corey. We're going to all say it at once. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. One word that describes the action of love. Anybody? <laughs> All right, y'all ready? Go ahead and fade that out. One word. On the count of three, say your one word. Shout it out. Ready? One, two, three. Lasagna. (laughs) Lasagna, yeah. That's a lot of different stuff, right? I mean, everybody's got something different that... displays love. Corey, Corey's compassion, right? I I am a, I'm lasagna, right? Because my wife the other day, she she came up to me without me asking or prodding. She said, um, would you like some lasagna? And that's one of my favorite foods. I'm like Garfield, right? And, and I mean, I just melted. I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be great. Because we haven't had lasagna in forever. And, and so the thing is, That, whatever you said, is probably, in one form or another, mercy or grace. Lasagna's grace. I don't deserve lasagna, right? I mean, you talk to my wife, she's like, yeah, he's a great husband, but, you know, he's got his stuff, right? We all have our stuff. I don't deserve lasagna. It's grace to me. Maybe yours isn't grace. Maybe it's mercy. But we all have encapsulated in grace and mercy God's love for us. Think about it. God's love displayed to you is grace or mercy in some way, shape, form, or fashion. So, we're going to, you now you're probably going, we're just getting into scripture. It's going to take forever. We're going we're to roll through this, okay? But I want us to pay attention because the resurrection is so important to our walk with Christ. Let me give you a little background to a story we're going to look at today. We're going to look at a story that is not. Uh, normally looked at, and if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles, we're going to have it up on the screen, but I always encourage looking in your Bibles, is we're going to be looking in Luke chapter 24, we're going to look at verses 13 through 35, we're going to roll through this, it's a, you know, it's a story that not a lot of people know or recognize, and the background to this story, and the background to all of Jesus is this, the Jews were being oppressed by the Roman government, constantly. Constantly overwhelmingly, just beat down, put down. If you weren't in line, the Roman government came and brought an army ten times the amount of your people, and they would just destroy you. And so the Jews were looking for a Messiah, but they were not looking for one like Jesus. They were looking for somebody to overthrow the Roman government and the Roman regime. And in Jesus, Get this, they had someone that could lead them in battle because everybody trusted Jesus. Everybody was on board with Jesus. But they also had somebody who could heal in battle. Think about that. That, you know, the whole, you know, cutting off the ear thing with the swords, right? I mean, that's where some people, like, I'm sure, just went, Ooh, that's what we need. let's go, it's time. And so this was the greatest asset that any army could ever have. But things did not go according to the plan of the Jews, including the disciples. The disciples are, are just kind of confused after the, the death especially. And so in Luke chapter 24, verse 13, it says, Now that same day two of them were going, as two of the disciples, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. All right, So these are disciples of Jesus. Not one of the twelve, but they were, they, Jesus had a lot more people that were following him. Okay, And so they're, they're going to Emmaus. They're talking to each other back and forth. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. Now my wife asks me, why were they kept from recognizing? I'm a pastor. I understand that. I don't have the most fantastic answer for you. I don't know. He, he, they just didn't recognize him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do you, know, do you not know the things that have happened there in these days? And they're kind of being snooty, right? I mean, in, 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 a, in a way. They're, they're basically saying, man, where have you been? You've been living in a cave? I mean... What's been going on around here? It's, it's Jesus, and, and there's all, he was crucified, and there's good grief. So, so Jesus, says, Jesus says, what things, right? It's like, it happened to him. You know? he's, not, he's not lying or anything like that. He's just he's prodding them. About Jesus of Nazareth, they, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. Now, the third day was, was pretty important in um, this time because if someone died, uh, in order to make sure they were really dead, they waited three days, right? So they died, they waited three days to make sure they were really dead. Now, we don't know for sure, but we believe it's because sometimes people would fall into comas something like that. And if you can't drink or eat, well, you're going to die in that coma. They didn't have the, the modern medicine that we have today. So it's, you know, so after the third day, it's been three days since all this took place, so he should really be dead. But in addition, some of our women amazed us. This is Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. That's Peter and John. But But him they did not see. Now, Jesus says to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory now (laughs) here's the thing they just explained everything they said it out loud and it was just like i don't get it right i mean it's just if if there's ever a time (laughs) to bring down the hammer on somebody right if you were god which you're not if i were god which i'm not i'd be like you guys what what is going on with you and, you know, okay, they didn't get it when Jesus was alive. I understand, right? It can be confusing. You want one thing, you, you, you get another, it's, it, you got to process, you know, that kind of thing. But after he's risen and after people are telling them Jesus is alive, what does this mean? You know, if I'm God, I'm bringing the rain, right? I'm just like, ah, no good. You, you know, come on, if you can't get it now, you're not going to ever get it. But I'm not God. Everybody be glad about that, right? Now, Jesus does kind of, I don't know, verbally jump on them. You know, he says, how foolish you are, slow to heart. He does jump on them. But here's the thing. They needed a little correction. And here's what Jesus is still doing. He's showing them mercy. Jesus has died on the cross. He's risen from the grave. They deserve punishment for just not getting it, for all the things that they've done but he's promised them mercy. Now, I thought about this for quite a while. And I was asking myself, what, what would I realistically have been like? What would it have been like for me? you know? And, and I, I'm sitting here thinking, I would have been so fixed on Jesus overthrowing oppression, right? I mean, I, I would have been so fixed on Jesus uh, becoming this leader and maybe even... For me, being, you know, some kind of a leader in this new army, in this new new kingdom, this new, you know, it's just all my selfishness, right? And I, I wanted vindication as I'm walking through what I would have done. And I just don't see myself in the moment wrapping my mind around the bigger picture of what Jesus wants here. And I would have been just like these guys. Maybe, probably... More than likely, even worse, right? But God has shown me mercy as well. And I'm so thankful for that. It says, In the beginning, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. So not only does Jesus have mercy on these guys, but he explains from almost the very beginning, from Moses all the way through what would have been what they knew as the Bible, right? All the way through. He explains it to them. They don't deserve it. They just said it. I mean, it's... ah. And yet, he has grace on them. He gives them something that they probably didn't deserve. Now, here's the thing. It's not a Lamborghini, right? It's not a mansion, right? But those things you can't take with you when you go, right? What he gives them is so much more important. He gives them the words of life, eternal life. He gives them the story of God, the roadmap of God. He gives them his love for us. For me... Me and you, right? And that's better than anything physical on this earth. Anything physical on this earth. And you can take that with you to the grave. More than that, you can take that with you through the grave. It says when he was working, when he was at the table with him, he took bread, gave thanks just as we did broke it and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? You ever have that moment with God where you're just burning inside? It's like, "Ah, I got to go to work. I don't want to leave and God's speaking and I'm just going to call sick. And Anybody ever, I mean, I, I, of course, I work at the house so I can do that. But, you know, it's just one of those moments where God is speaking and they felt it and they knew it. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It's true. It is true. The Lord has risen and it has appeared to Simon. Now Simon didn't need that, you know, he didn't need that backup. He's like, I know, everybody else needed to hear it. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Now, here's the thing. Love Love's a funny thing, right? When we think of love as an emo we think of we when we think of love, we think of it like an emotion or a feeling. Right? Ooh, warm and gooey. For those of you that are single, you know, you get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, it's oh, you know, it's fun and exciting. You got that warm, fuzzy kind of stuff going on in your heart and your stomach, and you go out on that first date and oh he, he likes me, she likes me, I'm excited, you know, that kind of thing. And as it progresses on, you know, there's There's things that 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 person does that, you know, makes you feel love. Love, the emotion of love results from an action that's taken by that person, whether it's just something spoken or something done. And our brains translate that action into emotion. It's the way God made us. It's the way God designed us. Ladies, let me ask you something. How do you feel when you Without asking, receive flowers or chocolates or whatever it is that you uh, like. How, how do you feel? Anybody want to brave enough to say how you feel? Loved. Loved. Yes. Loved. My point is made. Yes. Right. And, and, and it was the fact that, that, that spouse or, or boyfriend, right, thought about you and and took action to display that and he's saying that you're as beautiful as a flower you're as delicate as a rose right guys how do you feel when your wife or your girlfriend makes that that great dinner dish right the old saying the way to a man's heart is through his stomach it's true it's absolutely true how do you feel I told you how I felt when leave made lasagna how do you feel Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. That's one way. The Bible says that, that guys feel love when we're respected, and women feel love when we when we love you. I, it's hard to translate that right now. Anyway, so so she's putting her action and and her love for you into action, and so the action of even expressing love verbally. I love you. I care for you. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. I respect you. Those things warm the heart and make you feel great. And so it's taking our great thoughts of someone and speaking them. This is love. Love is action. It's so much more than just emotion. And this is why Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. In other words, there's no greater love, no greater action than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Every action we take is an expression of mercy or grace. Together these reveal God's great love for us. And Jesus in his love was thinking bigger than Israel. He's thinking bigger than the disciples. Right? Versus their physical oppression. He's thinking about you and me. He's thinking about our eternal story. He's thinking about all of humanity and about our sin problem and how we are eternally separated from God. And so he takes a huge action on the cross. That's love. And so in this story, Jesus took the time to spend with these guys. Between his resurrection and his ascension, his 40 days, he takes two days of this time to spend with a guy named Cleopas and some other guy who's not even named To explain to them after they even know it. How incredible is that? That's love. He has time for them. And Jesus takes time for me and for you. That's love. He's patient with them. He's patient with you. That's love. Jesus shows mercy and gave them grace just like he does with you and I. That's love. Now, Jesus could have overthrown the Roman government. He could have not died. He could have not resurrected. But that would have left you and I scrambling. You ever think about this? What would have happened if Jesus never died and resurrected? We would have been in the same place that the people before him were. We would have been scrambling to find forgiveness from a God who judges our sins. And instead, God gives us Jesus, who is a permanent, sacrificial lamb who has taken our sins upon himself. In the Old Testament, they, you sacrifice a lamb, it takes your sins away. The next month, you got more sin, you got to go sacrifice another lamb or a dove. And we would have been stuck in that cycle. But here's what's important about the resurrection. Let me close with this. If you don't don't hear anything else, listen. Right now, he sits upon the throne, alive, not dead. Right now, at this very moment, he is taking my sin and your sin away. He is present tense, not past. At this moment, he is here. He is this moment in history. Not 2,000 years ago, that moment in history. Not just that. His death qualifies him to be able to take away the sins of those before him, but his resurrection qualifies him to take the sins of every man who came after him and who believes in him. That's the truth about Easter. He is the resurrected king and the living sacrifice. That's true action. That's true love. Father, I pray this morning that you will guide our hearts as we leave this place. May we dwell on your resurrection. May we dwell on you, God. Thank you for... Your death on the cross, thank you for the power that you have over the grave. And if you have that power, God, I know and I trust that we all know here that you have more than enough power to take care of our worries, our doubts, our fears. Father, you are a great God. Thank you for loving us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.